This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees podcast, summer break edition, RFK Refugees podcast. Ted and John here, bringing it to you, still talking DC, despite the fact that, you know, they don't play an MLS game till the 25th, 26th, somewhere around then, a few weeks, we got a few weeks break, but we still got stuff to talk about. We got U.S. national team, we got Women's World Cup, we got Copa America, we got Flow Sp- oh, no, let's not talk about that. Maybe we will. I don't know. There's a little bit of flow sports related news. Uh, Loudon United too. We got Loudon United as well. John, how are you doing, man? How, how's your How's your week been? Well, here's the deal, Ted. I turned 34 Ooh. two weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't remember anymore. It happens when you get old. You forget. Yeah, time sort of folds in on itself. Your ankle breaks. Uh, you know. Your ankle breaks. Uh, <laughs> I spent I spent the weekend in Miami. That was cool. That's a young person thing to do. Um, and then I got home and I did laundry and I bent over to put the laundry, uh, into the wash and pulled all of the muscles in my back. Ouch. Just, just screwed my stuff up. Just completely wrecked myself. I spent the entire Wednesday laid in bed with a heating pad on and popping all the time and all today. Same story. I smell like Ben Gay. I smell like an old man and, and toothpaste mixed up into one. So, you know, uh, and I talked about it. I was like, you know, this. I'm 34 and I'm falling apart. And people are like, it's only gonna get worse. I was like, if it is a linear curve, worse. I am gonna be. A, I'm gonna be a mummy in like six months. So it needs to. It needs to slow down the pace at, that I fall apart. So, I, so. I feel like it's almost like an exponentially like it worse thing. Be. Like I've, I, I noticed since I turned 28, I'm like, I would go out and have like a few beers, and then I would get up the next morning and be like, God, I feel terrible. Like, what the heck is this? And then, oh, yeah, and then, and then you know, too. I break my ankle stepping down. Oh, no, wait. I was rescuing children from a burning building. So, you know, that's the story I'm going with. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> totally. So, other than that, I was good. Miami. Oh, the other weird part is while I was in Miami, uh, Zoltan was there. Jalen was there. Bill Hamid was there. We were all hanging out. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. We were all on my yacht that I had rented. They were very appreciative of that. They said that they all listened to the show. Uh, but they can't follow, and they'll never come on as interviews. So that's, uh, I'll never be able to prove it, unfortunately. Work, so it was a working vacation, then, is what you're talking about. It was, exactly. I was putting in the time. And I gave them all stickers. An, an unsuccessful vacation. We're going to dock your pay for that, I think. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, let, let's jump into it. We're jumping into this a little late, but let's talk a little bit. Uh, DC United, uh, we can really kind of review. I, I, think, I don't think we've talked about it, um, talked about them since – the, the Chicago game, when we talked about how important it was for this team to get six points um, in those two games, the game, of course, home against Chicago and home against San Jose, um, and they did none of the things. They finished with two draws, two points. Uh, they are now leaving themselves susceptible as other teams sort of catch up on games to dropping. I believe I believe I looked at I, – I was going to look how far they could potentially drop, um, but I think fourth is like how, as far as they can drop. Um, now again, it's the, the gap between like first and like in fifth is like three points or something like that. Like it's it's legitimately narrow. Uh, but DC really had an opportunity uh, in these in these in those two games, and it was there for them. It was it was absolutely there for them. Um, they you know nearly you know managed to 
get an, an amazing comeback against Chicago to win the game to win the game three two. Um, and if it weren't for uh, Jalen Robinson, you know, not pushing up in his line and leaving a player offside, we might be talking about well, they got four points, and that that's that's not bad, um, especially with with the comeback that they had. Also, the pro referee is telling us that we actually should have won that game after the fact. Yeah, and, and so that too. you know, it, it, that's one of those things that came out, and I was, I guess, less upset about that one than the than the Pines goal. Um, I, I was more like, yeah, okay, sure, maybe he's his foot is literally offside because he is his foot is trailing, and Jalen Robinson has is is it's a it's an error in stride, um, but you know, it's. Uh, it's it's not a uh you know it's not a it, it, in my opinion i think the referees made honestly the right decision i don't think it was necessarily reviewable pro disagrees but you know it is what it is um i, I believe pro when it's to my to my benefit though so in this particular avenue uh <laughs> var is good it should have been used and and pro is uh just late with the they're late with the goods unfortunately yeah but so that yeah that that's a game we should have won we didn't win <clears throat> We started off horribly, uh, going down to nothing to start. Being in the stands had a very LAFC vibe to it. I was very much, I was very much like, oh, they're gonna. How was Chicago gonna paddle us so much? And I, I was getting sort of, I had, I was bad flashbacks. At least it wasn't hot, yeah. uh, or super hot. Uh, but then they did turn around in the second half. It became a game. Uh, it was still way too open. This team uh, has, they're like a faucet where it's either all cold or all hot. You can't you can't sort of mix the temperature in and get something comfortable. Uh, if they're chasing a game, they're like, "What is defense?" I do not think we do that anymore. We are all about some goals. Uh, and then once uh, and then once they they're in a position where they can play defense, it's too late. They already forgot how to defense. They'll either set up to they'll either set up with the five man back line and, and and play defense, or they will not. And then what happens happens. They they concede. So it's not it's not a. And we'll talk about San Jose a little bit, but it's not a. Uh, it's, what would you call the current state of the state of affairs? I feel like they're very uneven right now. They're they're not a, they're not a consistent product from week to week like they were at the beginning of the season. Uh, they're not bad, I don't think necessarily. They're just not the class of the East in any in any standard sort of perspective at all. They're just they're they they vary from game game to game, uh, and they are not taking advantage of all the chances that they did earlier on in the year. It's just you know it, things have looked okay to bad offensively. And things have looked eh, average to pretty poor uh, defensively. I mean, it's been they're all you're right. They're all over the place. Uh, and I, I think obviously everybody keeps talking about how you know I think this team needs a break. They need a break. They've played more games than any other team I think in MLS. I mean, they're yep. halfway through their season, and some teams only have twelve or thirteen games. Um, I think in the end that's going to help them down the stretch because a lot of other teams are going to have to throw, you know, they're going to have to put together a bunch of runs, you know, at towards the end of the season. Um, and I think that might be an opportunity for DC to pounce and to, and to really develop a, a good form heading into the, heading into the postseason. Um, and th- th- this whole s- schedule has been a mess and I think that's hurt. That's hurt them, especially as they picked up injuries and they just kind of have to keep bouncing from game to game. Um, I think they've done, you know, a, a journeyman's job, sort of managing it. Um, you know, they've kept themselves alive. They've kept themselves going. Um, so, you know, it's it. it I, I will say it's kind of funny. I, I was like, oh, this team needs a break. You know, Acosta needs to catch his legs. And what does Acosta do? He scores two goals. Uh, he has two goals <laughs> over the two games, and suddenly comes to life. Like it's like he just he just like snapped to life. 
uh, over this stretch. It's almost like, well, now he has momentum. So now I'm like, I don't want him to rest, uh, even though I don't think you would call any of the goals he scored like, you know, Acosta-esque goals. One was a, you know, a shot off a rebound. Um, and the other one was a header, um, which is just all kinds of confusing when Lucho Acosta, all of like four foot nine, scores a header. It's like it's craziness, crazy town on that. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's been rough, and I think I'll be very curious to see how they come out of the break. Um, guys get healthy, players get, um, you know, especially looking at Joseph Moore's status, uh, looking at uh, potentially Donovan Pines getting back to the lineup. Um, I, I will be curious. I think the team has uh, Loudoun United has some some games coming up. I'm curious if if they can get more, uh, you know, healthy. I would say put him up, put him in the Loudoun United lineup, and just let him let him get some fitness back. Um, and I think that could be an extra benefit. Loan him for a couple games down into Loudoun just to get his fitness up and going, so he can get back on the field. Because I think the sooner he's out on the field, the better at this point. Um, uh, the wings have been kind of a liability since he's been gone. Um, Hara has done a, a admirable job on his side, uh, but the other side has been kind of a mess. And I think that's been a large reason why the team hasn't been as successful as they did in the beginning of the season. So uh, break comes a, at a good time for most of the players. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, just uh, please Paul Ariola stay healthy, I guess is the only word I can say for him in the Gold Cup. Please stay healthy because we do not we cannot afford to lose him. Yeah, so you want to talk a little about the San Jose game in specifics? Um, we, we, can, maybe we, not as... we can go a little bit. I mean, it was, it, the, I honestly thought the the performance was, I guess it was better in the sense that they didn't get blown out. Um, uh, they, again, I think, I'm trying to remember who lost. You you can't, when you got a guy like Chris Wondolowski out there, you can't lose him. And they did not, they failed in that category because they left him open for a header. Um, I can't remember who got boxed off in that on that play. Robinson, really Robinson, did. yeah, Robinson did not have a good game um, in this San Jose game. Um, I, I do not think he was he was well prepared. Uh, the team did well to sort of rally back. Um, Hara, you know, played well. I thought again, um, you know, I think it was it, th- th- this was the San Jose game was definitely felt like a team that just like really just wanted to get the heck out of. Out of out of out of dodge. Um, I'm very surprised. I think there was a actually a handling call too as well that I thought could have gone DC's way. Uh, yep. Dave Johnson on the broadcast was all over. He's like, "That's a hand. That's handling. That's handling." He was apoplectic for yeah. sure. And there's nothing from Pro on that, which is strange because I thought that was that was to me that was more egregious than the offside call that they said should have been called back. So um, I guess everything evens out in the end for that. <laughs> Yeah, to me, that was sort of a, you know, I, I understand that ball to hand doesn't matter anymore. Maybe it never did. But as far as handling goes, I, I don't think there was a move towards the ball. I think the ball moved towards the hand, and it wasn't in a super unnatural position. Um, I've seen other things not be called that should. Uh, other things that were of note that were kind of funny in this game, uh, the referee's inability to count to 10 yeah. uh, on Wayne Rooney's <laughs> free kick. That was funny. I hope everyone saw that. If you didn't see that somehow, uh, he was uh, on opportunity to score on a free kick. And Rooney was trying to get him to march 10, 10 yards off, and he marched seven. And then he held up seven fingers, and then he did it again, and he marched off eight. And he <laughs> held up eight fingers and started laughing, like, I don't understand why you can't do this. This is not, this is not a challenge. Uh, and, then he, and then the ball was deflected for a corner. Um, Jalen has not had a good year yeah. uh, in general. And I don't know what it's going to take. I don't, know, I don't know if he needs la- – I, I think he's probably past the point where Loud and United will be a benefit to him. Um, he, he just isn't – 
he's not finding his place either in right on a right back or uh, as a center back in a four man back line. Or I think he's actually had an opportunity to do it in the five man back line. Uh, he and in the case where Wondolowski is good at what he did, right? Like the thing that he did, he creates space where there he's almost he's static. He's not dynamic. He's not making cutting runs. He's just losing his man by not even just like sort of a shoulder shake. John Terry, when he played, um, I don't know if it was an MLS All Star team or they, he played Wondolowski. He he pulled him aside and said, "You have some of the best off the ball movement of any player I've ever played against." Uh, so this is that is the one thing, you know, talk about Belgium, talk about whatever else. The reason he's able to get these poachers goals is because he's elusive in the box. He's not fast. He doesn't have a great shot. He's just able to lose people in a very short amount of time. And Jalen just got okie doped just yeah. just sort of classically. Um, but it's not just been this game. Yeah. And I like and I like Jalen. I think that he I think that he has previously had has had games short runs and seasons where he's had two or three starts in a row because of injury and he puts he's in team 11 he's in the best uh, mls 11 uh for the team of the week he plays great and then he would fall off the the chart and not play again for two months this is an opportunity where he's continued to get chances due to injury and he has not been able to capitalize and has actually made mistakes that have cost the team i wonder almost as like he, he maybe maybe he's feeling a little bit of pressure because you know at, at this point it was kind of assumed Okay, Robinson's the center back, and he's going to be the center back, you know, once to pair with Birnbaum at some point. Like that—that's—that's that's the vision we had heading in. And then Donovan Pines comes in, steps in first game, and just absolutely plays phenomenally, and absolutely has pretty much eclipsed. I think uh, he's certainly, I think, at this point, we can say has a higher ceiling than Robinson, and certainly has played better than Robinson. And so I, I'm almost wondering if maybe the pressure's getting to him, or maybe he's overthinking himself a little bit. Um, and he's trying to, you know, put a, you know, he knows that you got Pines here at 19, who's, who's, who's you know, a few years, uh, very much a few years younger than him, and is already getting got really got a start, a better starting opportunity, starting opportunity before really he did. Um, so I'm almost wondering if that's sort of playing maybe into his mind, um, and that's sort of causing, you know, having a cause and effect, or it could, it could honestly just be bad luck, which can happen with players. Um, and especially just, you know, poor performances can sometimes just be a rush of bad luck. Um, so, you know, Olsen talked about at the beginning of the year, we've talked about, he said, this is Robinson's year. Um, he's not taking advantage of it. And, you know, soccer's a, a a bottom end business. If you aren't getting it done, then well, you're gonna you're you're not gonna be here for very long. And Pines right now is is applying excellent pressure, and he's been. I think Robinson's been very lucky that he that he's been injured because otherwise, I don't think we would, Robinson would be seeing the field right now. I think we'd be seeing Pines. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if Jalen's about to follow the Connor Shinovsky sort of trajectory. Uh, Connor got even less of a chance. Jalen has had spot chances. I think that that was Ben Olsen's way of saying, this is piss or get off the pot time for you, Jalen, this year. If you can't prove you're a consistent MLS player, we're going to move on. Yeah. Um, we just, we, I, I don't know if he's up on contract at the end of the year, um, but either way, it's just disappointing because I think, he, I think he, he showed a lot of promise early on in his career. I think he's now six or seven years in. It's something kind of surprising he's been there that long, mm-hmm. uh, but he really has not put it together, particularly with Adoy Atsum. Uh, playing the way he's been playing oh, yeah. with with just <laughs> with no runway, just sort of being thrown into the deep end at the la- last second. He's providing what he did, what he lacked. I remember in 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 his previous season where he played, uh, he he was able to get up and down the field, but defensively he wasn't he wasn't up to snuff. He wasn't really doing the work on that side. He was more of an offensive wingback. Um, he's made a number of tackles, yeah, uh, in a very short amount of time 
where he's been last man back or he's just played uh, lights out. And you, you want to hope, I think, that we all fans, DC United fans, I don't know about if particularly more than others, tend to get carried away on small sample size. I just want him to be able to be around this level uh, on a regular basis. That will enable us to actually have some depth at right back um, and left back because I think he's versatile in that way. I mean, this was kind of the first game where, you know, Bill Hamid has always been a guy who's kept T- DC in games in a lot of games. And I think for the Chicago game, Odi um, uh, Atsum kept kept DC in that game. Um, yep. I mean, without without he made some amazing tackles, just some amazing sort of, you know, really game saving plays um, when it looked like DC was just about to get rocked by uh, uh, by by Chicago. Um, they were just looking like they were just about to get smoked, um, just completely and utterly smoked. Um, and he kept them in the game, kept them alive. Um, and probably the reason they ended that game with a point um, and very, very, very well could have been three points. So um, I agree with you. I think, you know, you look at that type of situation where here's a guy who was who's de- I mean, even before the, the the cancer diagnosis, he was very much a guy you were kind of thinking was on the fringe. You weren't yep. sure whether how much longer he'd be around. You know, you had you know, Orneal Fisher lighting it up. You had a bunch of other wingers for this team, you know, just more putting it together. You weren't really sure kind of where, you know, where he would fall. Uh, he comes into this game, and it was there was a, there was almost also a change when DC was sort of making that run. They were scoring the goals. Chris uh, Chris was very much a part of that, um, along with Hara. And you could see sort of the the DC the DC of the beginning of the season when you have those wingbacks that are able to sort of press defenses um, and force them into into uncomfortable situations. And then once he got taken off the field and replaced, I think by I think it was by Jalen Robinson, if I'm if, if I'm not mistaken. Which game? Uh, the Chicago game. Jalen played full ninety. Oh, Jalen. No, I'm, I'm sorry that he would do that for San Jose. I don't remember. I, I'm Chicago. I'm yeah, I, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm fairly certain it was Jalen. But you you could tell there was a difference in the game, and DC started to lose control of that game a little bit. Um, I think they did manage to go get the the leading goal um, at that point, but uh, after that it was all it was pretty much all Chicago, um, and they certainly deserved I think a goal after the, after those last few minutes to to steal a point um, out of the game. So so yeah, um, it's it's. You know, it, it's certainly this is certainly going to be one thing to watch too. You know, with the wingbacks, centerbacks. You know, where you know right now, no one's really been able to play Frederick Brilliant. You know, is is Pines that guy? Can Jalen Robinson put it together to replace him? Um, because I think I think DC desperately wants to. I, I'm sure they would never say this publicly. They want to be done with Frederick Brilliant. Um, I think they want to. But he involved- keeps. But he he keeps doing the job yeah. for the most part. He is exactly. He's, a, he's he's what Bobby Boswell was two seasons ago where he was just continuing to do the job and they were waiting for someone else to take it from him and no one ever stepped up. So he's not going to, Breon's not going to give you earlier on in the year. He was, he was team of the week a couple times. He's not going to give you that week in week out, but he's just consistent. He's not usually the guy at fault. Yeah. You, so you, you know what you're getting. And with Olsen that can carry a lot of weight. Um, Olsen goes with guys. He knows what he's going to get. I mean, obviously Wayne Rooney's never going to be benched, but he knows what he can get out of Wayne Rooney. Um, he knows what he's going to get out of, out of burn at this point. Um, so I, I think that's that's an important part. Um, one player I want to bring up too, also, uh, Titi Rodriguez uh, is starting to really put it together, and he's another guy. I'm like, man, he's really starting to get it together. Um, and now we got a two week break where all that could, all that could be flushed down the toilet. But um, he's starting, I think, to get a little more confident. Um, I think he's starting to have a better understanding. Um, you know, I've said this a lot. Um, I thought I thought he was he was he was pretty good in in in, in pretty much all those games and. Um, you know, I think uh, there was a post that came out that said, you know, who's your most improved player? And I think I said, well, if, if we have to go, you know, from last season to this season, it's it's probably Chris Chris um, Odiatsum or Frederick Brilliant. 
If we're talking about this season, though, I think it's 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 uh, it's TT. I think he's been absolutely uh, he he's starting to show what maybe they really saw in him and 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 the potential we saw in him. We all kind of thought we were sold maybe not the same player that we're seeing out there on the field. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit more of just a creative ability and an ability to 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 try stuff that that Lucho does. Um, and link up passes. So um, I'm I'm very excited to see what the second half brings for brings for Lucas Rodriguez. He definitely seems to have played his way into picking up the buy option without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, no question. Uh, you know, regardless of what happens with Acosta, I think of that I think of it. It's cheap enough now. He's definitely shown that he can be dangerous, and he's a, he's a dynamic player. And the team needs more of those, a lot yeah. less. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, I guess we jump into – so anything else we want to add about the week or just close it? No, I think that's – I think, you know, disappointing for two points instead of six, better than none. Uh, the team has squandered a lot of its early opportunities and big leads, but uh, and now now it just sort of sits – it sits among the pack, and that's fine. That's, there, are, there are – it's not the best-case scenario, and it's not the worst-case scenario. We're just sort of – we're just in it. Yeah. It's not going to be a walk now. It, you know, I, I said this from the beginning, that the, the – the late the late June to July August period is always kind of the that's the moment when you know you, the teams who end up playing well start to put it together and they start to they start to play and suddenly you know you can sort of get a hierarchy that sort of develops. Um, I think the East right now is 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 a complete mess. I think DC's down on that uh, down a little bit on that. Um, certainly, if you look at power rankings and how what everybody's talking about them. Um, a lot of the analysts are sort of down. I'm not completely down, but um, it's. I think. I think it'll be very curious to see how they come out. Come out of the break. Um, you know who's out there in that lineup and that first lineup after the break. I think is gonna is gonna tell us a lot um, as well. So um, yeah, we got a little bit of break, but uh, it's not a break from soccer. There's a whole bunch of soccer. In fact, there's still DC soccer. They got the Open Cup game coming against Philly. Um, we are gonna have Joe come on from the uh, Union Soccer Podcast. I think he also does some other work. Um, outside so that's coming up in the next segment uh so definitely stick around for that um and uh we got a uh, we got some uh, we got some dc related uh u.s men's national team news uh let's start with the good before we get into the uh this, should be, off- this shouldn't be very long it should be continue. <laughs> continue but i mean i've been watching i mean i've been watching the u20s they've looked really good um chris durkin i don't think is quite shown or ha- has really had the sort of the the effect uh, that I think maybe uh, DC was hoping for. Um, I'm not sure really if he's helped his case or helped his value, uh, especially when he gets suspended for the game where they beat France. Um, but we'll see what happens. I think he'll probably be out there against Ecuador. Um, so I'll be very curious to see if he can maybe put together a good result because um, I think DC was kind of holding on on fielding offers for him until after the U- U20 World Cup, and I'm really not sure uh, if those if those values are going to increase, because um, he's been a lot of guys like uh, Matt Doyle, uh, a lot of the guys who you know um, Brian Sharetta uh, have not really been positive on his performance. Um, guys like uh, Paxton Pomacall have been fantastic. Uh, of course, Soto is leading. I think if it weren't for a Norway player dropping nine on uh, nine on Honduras, uh, he'd probably be one of the leading goal scorers right now. Um, so, I mean, he, he's uh, been playing well. Um, Timothy Wea has grown through the tournament. Um, fun to watch. Definitely check out the U20s. It's much better right now than watching the U.S. The, the senior team right now. Um, and they got a game against Ecuador, I think, on Saturday at 1130. So definitely check that out. Uh, you want to see, see a U.S. team play with fun attacking soccer? Um, you're going to see that. Because um, they certainly don't play like they play like the U.S. senior team against Jamaica, which was that Audi Field. Uh, John, did you watch the U.S. play Jamaica? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I watched I a watched, little bit. Uh, a little bit. Very little yeah. bit. 
I watched a little bit as well. It was that was dreadful. I mean, that was just a dreadful performance. And um, you know, there's a uh, Ariola. I don't think really. I don't think anyone really played well. I don't think. I really don't think. I think the only thing that Greg Berhalter worked is whatever he was trying in that game was not working. And to just literally just take whatever he wrote down, like, here, let's try this, uh, and just tobe the fire and burn it up. Um, so the U.S. had the Gold Cup coming up. So uh, it's going to be I'm curious to see how a guy like Ariola does. Uh, it's going to be curious about the goalkeeper situation. I do know one funny note. I think when Zach Steffen had sort of spilled the ball or had a spill, uh, I think the fans in the background were chanting uh, Bill Hamid. Good. Bill, Bill Hamid. So <laughs> I'm sure Zach Steffen loved that. Um Manchester City goalkeeper Zach Steffen. Now we can call him. So Dusseldorf, Dusseldorf. Oh, sorry, he's already been loaned. He's already been loaned out. So that I think that's always something funny. Like uh, they're saying, of course he's my. Uh, uh, was like, of course he's my first string. He plays for Man City. I'm like, no, he doesn't. That's like saying Matt Miazga plays for Chelsea. He does not. He plays. <laughs> he might in be the going Dutch back League. to. He might calm go, down. He might be going back to Chelsea because right. of the transfer ban. Even, let's not even go there. Pulls like a Matt Miazga leading Chelsea to uh, to another Europa League title. That's what I'm my prediction for that. Uh, Champions League. Oh, champ- we're in that. No, because y'all gonna get el- y'all gonna get eliminated, and then you're gonna have to play in the Europa League. That's what's gonna happen. Mm. Listen, as long as it ends with the trophy, it's better than most. So I'm going to talk about Loud United real quick before where well, I think Loud United, then we'll take a break. Yep. That sound right to you? Sounds good. So instead of watching U.S. Jamaica, which I could tell was already was going to be a slog because I watched five minutes and I didn't like it. So I was like, I'm going to go watch the other game that I actually care about. Um, so that was Ryan Martin's first game in charge uh, of Loudon after uh, Richie Williams departed to go be a bench guy for uh, Bruce Arena in New England. Uh so Ryan Martin was, if you're not familiar with him, was uh, tied closely with the academy. I believe he was the academy director for some time. Uh, he's been an assistant coach at FC Cincinnati, and then he came back. Uh, he is a uh, guy that is very, seems very much, based on the, the lineup that he had at his disposal, has very much taken the idea that we're going to play these academy kids uh, more than the Loudoun United had been previously doing. Uh, Loudon up to now has been mixing in uh, a few academy players. I think Brian Ko only had one pl- one uh, game. Granted, he was on U uh, seventeen duty for some time, uh, but there were there it's really mixing more USL veterans uh, with uh, maybe eighty twenty on, on that perspective, and less sort of focusing on the youth prospects. That changed with this game against Swope Park. Swope Park, both of these teams up before last night were sitting on less than ten points. Uh, Swope Park, not uh, not necessarily a dynamic offense. Uh, they were playing in front of 500 people at uh, at whatever they call Livestrong Park now. Uh, I think Mercy Children's something, something, I don't know. Yeah, Mercy um, Children's Park, I think is what it is. I don't know that Ryan Martin is going to throw his team out here like this every week, but this game was insane. It was end-to-end. Defense was not happening on either team. Uh, they were, uh, so Griffin Yao got a start, played, I think, 90 minutes, scored a goal. He has decided that he's going to shoot the ball every time, every, every time. Like Ronaldo-esque shot selection. It's like, I'm, I'm near the 18, I'm shooting, get out of my way. Uh, but not just him. So that was great. Sort of, he's, he's already played for uh, Loudon a little bit this year, scored the team's first goal in team history. Uh, but also there were other players uh, that were taking part. Brian Ko, I mentioned. Uh, if you watch any of the tournament, I forget the name of the tournament. I don't know if it was a Toyota tournament or something down in Texas uh, earlier this year. Dallas Cup, I think. Dallas Cup, thank you. Uh, he played there. Uh, he, uh, for, in, in a U17 capacity, he is much bigger than most kids he's playing with, uh, and he really stood out. Now he's sort of among men. Uh, it's a little bit different. 
uh, but he still has a, an excellent touch and really enabled them to uh, sort of get control in the midfield. I don't think he started. I think he came on as a sub. Uh, but there, were, so that was those are the two sort of major players you may have heard of before. Uh, so Brian Kale, you have already seen, but there were other players. Ted Ted Cudi Pietro, a player that that started the Dallas Cup, scored a absolute uh, highlight goal that I think maybe even gotten on Sports Center top ten. I'm not totally sure. Uh, Antonio Bustamante, who's been injured for seemingly all of the season, got back out there. Um, and uh, this this team really was just sort of an offensive force to be reckoned with. It was really something uh, that the casual viewer, particularly, and I said this on Twitter last night, for someone who's been watching D.C. sort of struggle to be offensively coherent at times, it's fun to watch this team sort of just really just let it rip for, for 90 minutes. Uh, it, it, I, they're they're still not good, right? They're, they're, they're I think they're on twelve points. Um, there's an opportunity if they win again on Saturday, although they're playing Louisville, so I would not bet money on that. Uh, they'll actually get above the the playoff line, which yeah. at, early on in the season, who cares? Uh, but anyway, the team is a different team than it was when it started, which is something really impressive considering uh, what this team started from. The, the team's roster got put together uh, out of a giant garbage bag. Two, two games two days before the, the season started so it's really basically i'm telling you if you're not watching these games and you have espn plus you're crazy and you need to be doing it <laughs> you know i think this is what as dc fans this is what we want out of this team is we want it we want to see these guys play we want to see uh you know talent we want to see talent we want to see you know signs of life we want to see guys you know the fact that a guy you know um uh, like you said uh, a guy like ted who has a great dallas cup and then comes in and plays for for Loud United. That's that's things that that wouldn't happen, um, and that and that also can help you know you sign these players because you're you're already getting minutes for Loudon. You know, come play for us. You, you know, you're gonna get playing time. We're gonna make sure you get out there and play. Um, and that's something DC really couldn't offer. You know, two three years ago, uh, they couldn't. You know, they were signing a guy. They were signing Chris Durkin with the idea. Well, you know, you're gonna loan to you're gonna be loaned to Richmond, or you're gonna be maybe you know you'll you'll get some minutes with the first team but we really can't guarantee that um and you know so I, I think it's it's fantastic that they're they're playing well i think i'm glad uh that ryan martin is there um you know uh i, I guess we get seventy five thousand dollars worth of general allocation money for <laughs> richie williams's contract which you know is so strange to me and kind of a strange thing in 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 mls um not that necessarily you would you would pay to get a guy out of a contract, even a coach, but it's just the general allocation part. It's just kind of funny to me. Uh, the players you're going to want to be looking out for if you're new to following this team, obviously, aside from Griffin Yao, uh, Brian Ko, Moses Nyman, uh, Antonio Bustamante. Bustamante, like I said, has been coming back from injury, uh, and he did not look too rusty. He was able to, uh, similar to Acosta's ability to dribble and keep the ball with a whole, a whole bunch of guys around him uh, and not sort of make a mistake, uh, granted, the competition level is different and the speed is different, but I was very impressed by what he had to offer, which you know we haven't been able to see a lot of because he's been injured. Uh, but basically, this team, if 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 uh, Ryan Martin continues to utilize the the youth prospects as they're available, not and not on national team duty, which I think they're all done now, uh, this should be regardless of they win or not. This has got to be must watch uh, soccer for for DC United fans. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. All right, um, I guess with that, we will uh, wrap up this segment. Uh, stick around, though, y'all. We're going to talk some Philly Union with Joe, so you definitely don't want to check out, check that out. Um, you're listening to the RFK Refugees Podcast. Every second counts.
Welcome back to the RQ Refugees podcast. Uh, John's here. You just can't hear him. He's 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 being silent for the whole interview. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're recording this a little bit out of order, uh, but we wanted to make sure we give you the segment um, to talk uh, a little bit of Philly Union because uh, despite the fact that DC has a big break, uh, there is still the U.S. Open Cup. Um, and joining us is uh, Joe Tanzi, uh, writes for on the Philly Union uh, for Pro Soccer USA and is also on the Union Soccer Podcast. Joe, thanks for joining. How, how are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. It's a... Uh... I was just down at Audi Field last night, looking forward to going right back down for uh, for Wednesday night. Hopefully for a better match. Hopefully for for a more entertaining entertaining soccer Any, match. Anything was better than that. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's uh, let's jump right in. Let's jump right into your team because uh, you guys. Uh, I don't know what the expectations were um, uh, for this team uh, cutting the season. Obviously, you guys made the big signing, um, uh, uh, Fabian. Um, but uh, how's uh, how, how are things hanging this year? You guys are, are right up there with us with the, the top of the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think expectation-wise, the, the bar was set the last two or three years with Ernie Stewart as a sporting director, but that was more of, of a foundation, kind of cleaning up the mess that was, I guess, the first six or seven years of the franchise. And then Ernst Tanner comes in as the sporting director, and he's – He's hit on all the signings so far. I mean, the the one you could critique is, is Fabian with with the ankle injury, but that's been covered up a little bit with Brendan Aronson uh, coming in, in in his first MLS season and, and playing as well as he has, as well as you could really for an 18 year old. Uh, I guess expectation wise, I kind of expected them to take the the step up just because these homegrowns are a year older, the, the pieces are there. Uh, would I have thought they'd be in first place in June? No, but they definitely had the making of a playoff team going into the season. I mean, and you guys have done it because I'm pretty sure um, Marco Fabian has been injured through most of the season. I believe I'm correct in that. Like he he's picked up a couple niggling injuries, um, so I think the fact that you guys are where you are is pretty amazing when you consider it. Because he was supposed to be the big signing that's kind of takes you guys to the next level. Yeah, I mean, it started with the the red card suspension from the. Sporting Kansas City game, then he got the extra game that was announced, I guess, a week and a half after by the Disco, and it's kind of just flowed from there, you know. Uh, I think it was the Galaxy game away in April, picks up that injury early on, and that's been bugging him ever since. I mean, the teams admitted they kind of rushed him back a little bit ahead of that uh, Toronto FC road win in, in the middle of May. And ever since then, it's kind of just been... You know, being very patient. He's a player that, that knows his body very well, and he's not going to put himself in a position where he's not 100% out there. And like I said, he's got the the safety net in Aronson and, and Jameer Montero, the yeah, loan signing from Mets, who's been playing the, the – he played the number 10 a couple weeks ago. So there are options there, uh, but he, he brings that, that, that extra dose of class, and that's what they missed in that, that three-game homestand where they got only two points against Seattle, Portland, and Colorado. So that that's kind of the next step now. Is like if, if he's healthy for the second half of the season, that's great. It doesn't look like he's playing Saturday against the Red Bulls. Uh, they might sit him for the Open Cup game. That all is going to sort itself out eventually. But if, they, if he's healthy for the second half and he's ready to go, then this whole couple months of the, the ankle injury goes away. But it is a – Talking to the fans, there is a, a lingering concern now. He is the major signing. Everyone else has hit, but now 
you're still waiting to see what he can do and, and make an impact for a long stretch of games now. How is so? I, the big the big thing that obviously the, that comes up with the Philadelphia Union is the general interest level in the Philly market. Um, you know, Philly is a huge sports town. You know, the Flyers, the 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 Phillies. You got the Phillies just get Bryce Harper up from us in D.C. Um, you know, you got the Eagles and everything like that. Uh, you know, the Union started as sort of this very ground, very much this groundswell. You know, the the supporters basically, you know, saying the league, and then and then of course they've struggled and things have kind of tapered off you know the stadium is also you know way in uh, in, in Chester and not certainly in the, in the Philly proper um, has the success on the field and the uh, and the the signing of, of, of Marco Fabian the at least the intention that the owner intends to spend uh, to spend some money to try to bring in talent has that sort of has that had any sort of impact on on the 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 atmosphere the fans that are showing up again have fans started to come back? Uh, to the team that maybe were got a little disillusioned with how things were going earlier. This is a team that's done so many years of damage to the fan base. Where three months of winning is, is like a short-term fix. You know, people will show up uh, as the weather gets nicer. That's traditionally when this, when Talon Energy Stadium, you know, fills more. It'll obviously fill more for the Red Bulls game on Saturday. But no, I mean, they've done so little with the Hispanic community and Hispanic fans in the first place. And I know that this Philadelphia Inquirer wrote about that at the beginning of the year. Um, and Marco Fabian not playing doesn't help. And this is a team that squandered so many opportunities, goodwill-wise, with the fans. I think I think it was two or three years ago now before the last Gold Cup, where they were in first place. They had all the momentum going in their direction. And they, and they didn't do well in the second half of the season, and that's when they, the Phillies weren't doing well. There's a there's a very small window in Philadelphia sports to take advantage of that, that swell of momentum, and that's about mid-June to the start of August before Eagles training camp really, really gets going. And they weren't able to take advantage of it then. If they had won one of the Open Cup finals that they've been in, especially last year, uh, I think the momentum – would have carried over because last year really was it, it felt different uh, there was a different feel about this team especially when Ernie Stewart left to take the U.S. job and Ernst Sander comes in with this, these fresh ideas from, from Germany from the Red Bull system but they didn't capitalize on they they crashed out in the playoffs crashed out in the Open Cup didn't even play well in the Open Cup final if we're being honest didn't play well in the season finale at Yankee Stadium and then three days later in the, the wildcard game at Yankee Stadium. So it left a really bad feeling in, in the, the mouths of the fans. And until they continue to win and prove they can win and win something tangible and put it in the trophy case, and even then, you know, it's it's not a guarantee, but they are trending in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's certainly the case when you look at, at how this team's played. I mean, I think uh, Jim Curtin's putting himself up for a potential coach of the year. Uh, nomination at this point. Uh, we'll see how the second half of the season goes. Um, and I think it's really shame because I've enjoyed, I've taken uh, several trips up to Chester. Uh, most recently, I actually went up for the last time you guys opened uh, in the in the third or fourth round of the Open Cup. I forget when it is, when you guys played Richmond. I'm from Richmond, so um, I actually went up with the kickers, and it was it was a fun time. And, and the, the fans there were extremely nice. Uh, a couple, a guy bought us, like, each bought everybody a beer that was, like, 
where I was hanging with like three or four people. So that was that was kind of fun. So uh, fans have been great, and uh, you know, I I always love the the, the view of the river on of that stadium. So um, it, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a nice stadium and, and a nice place to play. And I, you know, I. I as much as I, I, I have a rivalry with uh, Philly, I, I, you guys aren't the Red Bulls, at least. And I enjoyed the video where the guy was uh, be, uh, the YouTube star was beating up the, the Red Bulls car. That was that was nice. That was that was the, nice the, work. The union, are, the union are still trying to make their headway with some, some type of rivalry in MLS. <laughs> and I guess the, the, they're trying to do with the Red Bulls. Uh, they're never going to do it, but it's nice for them to at least try and, and make a rivalry out of it. Well, MLS is trying to like push us together. Like they were trying like to, to, to establish some sort of trophy and it, it never really, never really took off. Um, but let, let's get into the open cup game. Um, so what, I mean, obviously it's probably a little difficult to predict kind of what, you know, what Philly's going to throw out there. Um, traditionally, this is the first few rounds of the open cup. You play a lot of reserves. Um, I am, are, are, how close are we to say this being Bethlehem steel, uh, in Philly Union jerseys versus Loudoun United in DC jerseys. I'll I'll let you answer for the Philly part. Uh, you don't have to answer for the for the DC part. <laughs> I, I don't think it'll be a USL side. Uh, this is a team that you know, Jim Curtin's made it clear in the past couple of years. There are only three trophies you can win in, in American soccer: MLS Cup, Supporter Shield, and the US Open Cup. They take these games as serious as league games. Now. The problem they run into is going into Saturday, they have 19 guys available. Whether it be the international duty with um, Jamaica, the U20 World Cup, uh, Warren Graval plays for Guyana, and then they have some injuries that um, piled up a little bit too. So when you have 19 guys for an MLS game on Saturday, and you have 19 guys to kind of plug into holes with the international roster spot complexities of the Open Cup, it's going to look a little different. I would... I would trend towards more of a, a homegrown 11, but this is a team that's been, been more than willing to put homegrown players out in the field. So it, it's going to be a little different from what you see in a league game just because they have nine guys on international spots right now, 10. Um, if you count Corey Burke, who's dealing with visa issues in Jamaica right now. So naturally, with the majority of them being starters, it, you're going to have to, to – plug in certain guys in certain places. It's like a guy like Matt Freeze, their homegrown goalkeeper, probably starts. Um, and maybe a guy like Anthony Fontana, who's been playing with Steele, uh, possibly gets a look into the, in the 18 for sure, possibly in the starting 11. But um, you're probably going to see guys like Bedoya. Um, I would assume Fafa Pico because he doesn't take up the international spot. One or two of their starting forwards alongside Pico. But they're going to use those international spots to the max and they're going to come in and, and with a majority of their first team players, uh, at least available for that game. So, um, yeah, cause I'm, I'm going like the exact opposite. Cause I mean, we're going to have guys gone. We're going to have, you know, obviously Polariola uh, is with the U S national team. Um, you have, um, uh, Moreno's with the Venezuela national team. Um, I, I can't remember whether Segura made the national team. I don't think he did. Uh, but then of course you have Chris Durkin, uh, doesn't sound like we're as hit hard as you guys, as far as national international slots. Uh, but this is a team that's in need of a break. And I think DC right now is, is more concerned about, you know, having a strong second half of the season. 
Um, so I, I, I think it's going to be a fun game. I love the Open Cup. Um, I love the game. And, and we get our first Open Cup game at Audi Field. So it should be a fun time. Still, still a little upset that no soccer plex for a trip, though. <laughs> uh, you know, Dorcas Beasley hated hated the soccer plex. So kind of kind of sad he won't. I, mean, I think we should just play it like in the soccer plex just to have him complain one more time as a send off. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's, the Open Cup, it starts in a weird spot. And obviously there are, you you could sit down for hours about how to fix it and and what needs to be done to make it more intriguing. Uh, at least this year, with the Union and DC they're playing each other in the opening round. Usually, it's you know some USL side uh, within the I ninety five corridor that comes up to Chester, or it's the Red Bulls, because uh, it, it seems like the Union and the Red Bulls always end up facing each other early in the Open Cup. But I mean, everybody is facing the same difficulties and you can make the argument in, in that manner where all MLS teams should have deep rosters in the first place. Yeah. And this is something that if you're going to take the competition seriously, you know, what's ahead of you. It's not a surprise, you know, with, with the, with the roster complexity and everything. So, I mean, it can be better without a doubt, but we're still going to take, you know, pride in it being our cup competition uh there's always some weird things happen in the open cup too so yeah there's usually never a dull moment when when these games happen and and this has arguably been the most fun watching the open cup because all the games from the first round on have all been on espn plus so that i can can actually watch them now yeah yeah, you can actually watch them rather than having to hope there's a stream or you know try to track one down or some I, i remember once like i actually shot there was a first round game that was taking place in richmond at a city outside of richmond I actually drove up there, charged up my phone, and did a, a periscope like of the entire match for like the first round because um, no one that else was bucking. That is part of the mystique of the Open Cup a little <laughs> bit, but but you, you you want every game available. It's it's been much it's been much better of a viewing experience for me being able to watch you know all these games on ESPN Plus, see some of these stories uh, instead of hoping for a YouTube stream that you know maybe buffers, maybe doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's been a huge upgrade, but like I said, there are so many so many other changes you got to make now to make okay is this whole thing worth it and draw more than just like our huge like our soccer crazed people in America care about it. Yeah, it, it can be it can be something that that really draws the intrigue every everyone kind of like the FA Cup, but they've they've hindered themselves and when the, the soccer crazed people are grumpy about it, you know. Yeah, nobody else is gonna is gonna be really drawn to it either. Yeah, in a way, and and uh, in a way, I think the 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 closed offness, the the closed system, actually makes it even a little bit more special than it does um, in England because most teams in England now put almost their entire focus on trying to get promoted, and they kind of sort of tossed, especially the Premier League teams and even the Championship teams have started to kind of wane on the on the on the idea of the FA Cup um, and I think because of the closed system I think that actually the Open Cup could benefit and grow um, and we love watching college basketball you know with with minor league teams and and everything like that um, but you know I, I wish they would you know increase the matchups because uh, I think that's one of the drawbacks this year is like pretty there was like one you know minor league team in each of the divisions and you got like you have maybe like 12 matchups between, you know, minor league teams and then the rest are pretty much all like are all going to be like, you know, the top tier teams. So um, that's a little and, and you're always going to have you're always going to have that when the affiliates aren't allowed to play. 
Yeah, I get that, and I understand that room. But I, I was talking with a couple of people at, at EA Training the other day, and that that even can be fixed. You know, there's there's always a way to improve on these things, and if you have certain limitations with player movement between the MS, MLS and USL clubs, I don't think anybody will ever agree to it. But I think it, it would be worth at least pitching that that the more with the more USL teams that come in. It's no brainer for them to be affiliated with MLS teams because it, it helps their quality. It helps, you know, draw fans. You know, move them into higher positions in the league. So why not? Why not try and find a way? Maybe experiment for a year, or, or bring the MLS teams in earlier, make them go on the road. You know, it, you've heard all the arguments at this yeah. point. <laughs> it just it just hasn't changed and. We're just going to have to suck it up and deal with, with what we got. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's get a prediction for the, for the game we got coming up between DC and Philly. Uh, what, what, what do you have for, uh, as far as a score? Uh, I would lean toward a low scoring game, probably a two one, just because I, I assume there's going to be some type of squad rotation with the union, uh, whether it be in midfield or in defense to, you know, to, to work around those international spots. Um, uh, uh, the Union didn't play great at home the last couple of games, but uh, that, that win against Minnesota was a real booster. So uh, I'm going to lean in their direction just because D.C. hasn't been playing that great. And like you said, it's, it's, it's a mid-first team slash US, USL side coming in. Uh, they're going to be outclassed in talent by who the Union are out there based off of previous, you know, opening round games that the Union are at least trying to go after this and, and win. Yeah, it. yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I'm thinking DC's only hope maybe is if they hold off for like penalties or something like that, and then they can like squeak through. So I'm going like one-one. DC wins on penalties because no one ever really makes those types of predictions. So that that's that's what I'm going with. <laughs> But uh, somebody has to, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. We've also like lost a lot of like games on penalties, and it's been kind of uh, uh, been kind of annoying. We like we lost to Orlando on penalties last year, and that was that was very annoying. Uh, but Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell the tell the good people listening where they where they might be able to hear or read more about you. Yeah, if you go to prosoccerusa.com, uh, it, you know, in the Philadelphia Union tab, or just read the site in general. I'll, I'll plug that. Uh, since we got a couple people over and in, uh, in France for the Women's World Cup as well, um, and then at, on Twitter at jtanzy90, uh, so you can find me on social media. And uh, you know, uh, if you search Union Soccer Podcast on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, we are there as well. Great, great. Well, uh, Joe, uh, thank you so so much for joining us, and uh, we will uh, we'll be right back, folks, uh, to wrap up the show. John will magically return. It's the magic of podcasting. Trust me. Is real Cause when you come around My heart You steal Welcome back to the final segment of the RFC Refugees Podcast. Ted and John here here to wrap things up. Uh, we put the thing, we put, like, we, I literally put the, the thing out for Twitter, like, I think, like, two hours before we were recording, not expecting a whole lot. Um, but you guys are just, like, you guys just blow us up. Um, you guys just blow us up. Uh, let's start with, um... Ross, uh, Raf, Raphael, Raphael, Ross, Raphael. That's what I'm going with. Uh, Olsen versus Burhalter. Who would have been the better U.S. Men's National Team choice? 
Um, I'm sticking with Burhalter there because I don't want Olsen to leave DC United. Um, I don't think Olsen has the ambition of like being a coach that Burhalter does. He's talked a lot about how like if he gets fired from DC, is he going to be hammering up his agent to get a job? He said probably not. So, um, which is such a weird thing to say. Yeah, from a professional. Yeah, I don't know if it's posturing. I don't know if that's like his wry sense of humor. Um, I mean, the man has only done soccer since he's been 17 years old. Yeah. Does, did he graduate from UVA? Did he leave early? Do we know? I think Does he graduated. Matter? I'm pretty. I, I, actually, I don't know. I think I, I'm pretty sure he graduated. I, I don't right. think. I, I think I'm pretty sure he graduated from UVA. Um, but he, I think he's talked a lot about too. I've talked with people, and he's kind of been like. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I was good at the soccer thing, so it got me a college scholarship, and then I, I was I was good enough at that, so I got a pro contract, and you know, kind of, kind of went from there. So you know, he's never been a guy who's been like, oh, I'm the greatest. Um, he doesn't have like a Mikey Seaton type ego. Um, <laughs> I think we've mentioned him either by name or by uh, by subtext like three weeks in a row now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe Comrell, like my pool hat today uh go check out the the twitter page to see that but yes we do it looks awesome uh he also says uh seen any other transfer rumors besides valencia and cole um i haven't seen anything um i do not believe the ashley cole rumors as far as actually I can... young oh sorry young yeah ashley cole is also available but i do not believe we're linked to him ashley yeah. young from manchester united is the player that, that we're linked to yeah I, I think he's referring to ashley young there i don't think he's referring to ashley cole but... i don't want either of them <laughs> ashley cole ashley cole will be cheaper because he's a free agent but uh no thank you I'm no, the, no, no, no 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 thank you um no thank you um the valencia guy i mean it's a it's another young uh a young you know south american star which is the way the the league's sort of going these days um the league you know you buy young players and then maybe you can sell them abroad um, but you can get, you know, really good talent um, and play good soccer. And then, yeah, you get the high-priced, you know, you get the, you know, the way I see it, it's kind of like Wayne Rudy's kind of like the Ferrari that sits in front of the, you know, that sits in front of the store that sort of brings you in. Um, and then and then you get the, the really nice, like, Audi or something like that. That's what you get. You know, maybe not the flashiest car in the world, um, but you're still going to get a, a really nice ride. Um, so that, that that's kind of how I view, like, what, what DC is doing right now. Um, I don't think you're ever going to see this team sign a as well known a player as Wayne Rooney until Wayne Rooney's gone. Um, yeah, they said that. They've said as much. They yeah. said the next player will not be Wayne Rooney or Wayne Rooney esque. No, and they and it shouldn't be in my opinion. I think they should be going for these guys who are young. You know, there's a little bit of risk involved. There's a little bit of less of of name recognition. Um, but you know, with how Lucho got a lot of notice was people came in to see. Wayne Rooney, and then they say, "Wow, look at this Lucho guy. This Lucho guy is really good." Um, so, like I said, you know, Wayne Rooney's the the Ferrari out in the car shop. Um, Zach Bernstein says Bill Hamid is never going to get that next uh, U.S. men's national team call up, is he? Uh, never say never. He's still kind of in his prime, I guess, as a goalkeeper. Um, I mean, I'm sure there may be a chance, but uh, yeah, I would say it's it's starting to slip away, um, especially as Zach Steffen moves on. Um, I'll be very curious to see what Bill Hamid's next step is um, once he in, enters the end of the season. I think he's the other interesting thing to watch because I think that's when his loan is up. So the yep. question is going to be, is DC just going to try to extend the loan um, or are they going to actually try to make a move uh, or to actually purchase him back, which would kind of be strange if you really think about it. But um, I, I could I could certainly see either one happening or DC might just honestly maybe just let him walk. Um and maybe see if they can build something else. Um, I, I don't I know. Would if, not yeah. imagine that, that. I would not yeah. imagine that that's what they would do. I, I think they'll pay him what he wants. I think that they they literally have proof of last year, like what happens when you remove him from this from yeah. generally this roster. So I, I've never I've never seen a guy have a better nail like nailed on case for his value on a team than 
He's like, we have the data. Please examine the data. Yeah. Would you like? Would you like another uh, Osted? Would you like another uh, Steve Clark? Probably Experience? not. You can no. try that if you want. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ronnie. Um, Paladines. Pa- Paladines says the field level sweet brick walls. Uh, yes, those looked at those were those were the one good thing that I think we got out of the USA Jamaica game, um, which really kind of shows uh, how badly those walls need something because it's just like a gray like blahness when you watch games on TV. So I thought that was uh, very nice looking. I don't know, did you get a chance? You got a chance to look at that at all? I did see that there were many uh, many people sent me that picture. Uh, so that that is uh, people are very excited to have that be covered. There was conversation of saying, are we going to put uh, the wall of the you know the, the Hall of Fame banners down there the championship banners uh i don't think so i think that they are going to sell that space eventually uh yeah. similar to uh, as long as they sell it with something and it's a, a, a color like that so we have a little bit of contrast i think that's fine yeah um they they need to figure out a way to get like it, i can't believe like we're we're like a year basically in the stadium and we still do not have like any of the championship banners hanging up somewhere put it under the damn heineken roof bar put it somewhere because it's really annoying that you know the trophies in the in the club shop are cool, but like you know, you like to see the banners hanging up. That's what all sports arenas have. Um, we should have the Open Cups. We should have the Supporters Shield. We should have the Inter America Cup. We should have all of that. Anyway, uh, Jesse uh, says, "Who's the next forward for us who actually wants to score goals?" I'm not sure. Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney's the next forward. Yeah, I'm not sure where he's going with there. Um, Mount Pleasant Northwest. Uh, Wise Mind says. Wando getting a burger at uh, Walters before the New England Revolution S, just sitting at the bar by himself. Uh, gracious dude. I, I, From what I've heard, I've never met uh, Chris Wondolowski, but from what I gathered, yes, he's an extremely nice individual and a very nice fellow. And um, I'm very happy that he's the I'm, I'm happy that he's the goal scoring leader because I, I, I don't think it could happen to a better person, to be honest. It's very American that he is the league leading scorer. Like he is he is not flash. He is he is like you know subtle skill and sort of like good sportsmanship like he's very it's very all american concept of like uh your league avatar for goal scorers not not an athletic freak of nature just sort of you know just there just doing the thing well i mean it's steady the interesting part is I, i'm very curious to see how he is going to hold on to that record because he's kind of the last the last big forward uh from kind of the from kind of the era in mls before we're sort of entering this new era in MLS where you're signing these really, you know, big attacking stars and then you're selling them. So would a guy like Joseph Martinez, you know, break the all-time goal scoring record if he keeps it up? Sure. Do I think he's going to be here that long to break the goal scoring record? Probably no. not. Um, probably there's going to be a team that's going to come sniffing for him and he's probably going to get a good contract offer. Um, Carlos Vela could potentially do it as well, but, you know... As he gets we'll older, be here long enough. Yeah. I think you. I think you drew a good point. I think that the focus is on this league too much now. Where if a young player scores at that rate, um, he'll get taken. He'll go somewhere else. And a player that will not. You'd have to find a player that's really committed to the project. Joseph Martinez signed an extension, and he's now. I don't know how old he is. He was sort of at the perfect age to jump last season, but he decided not to. I don't still see him as a lifer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't anticipate him. I don't anticipate him staying as long as a Landon Donovan, even with his I, Landon's flirtations uh, I, going elsewhere. I can see Carlos Vela with the way how Carlos Vela, how he's not playing out for the national team. I could see him retiring after his contracts up with LAFC. I, he is not. He has stated quite clearly he is not a player who he he does this because he's good at it and it pays him well. That is he is he is not one of these guys who like 
has a, has an undying passion or love for the game. He does it because it's his job. Um, it, that, it's it's the same. He he treats soccer the same way we treat a nine to five job, which is kind of crazy um, to think about. But if you like that, if you like that, you don't have to like baseball necessarily. But Anthony Rendon, the third baseman for the Nationals, we are very much convinced that he hates baseball. It's kind of amazing. Uh, he does not watch it when he's not playing. He he had an opportunity to be an all star. He's like, I don't really want to go though, so please don't vote for me or vote for me only if I don't have to play. Uh, he he may he may stay with the Nationals solely because he does not want to pack his things in boxes and move because it's too much trouble. The man is there is nobody like him. So I think maybe he's got a little bit of the Carlos Vela like you know it would just be better if I just kept doing exactly what I was doing and didn't have to well, change anything. See the reason is I think he, he doesn't want to leave. He, he first of all he doesn't want to. He, he's already talked about how he doesn't want to play. I don't think he's on the Gold Cup roster. He, he he's not you know on the national team roster. And I think his reasons like he's like, look, I get a break now, man. This is awesome. Like I want, I want, I want a break from this. Going on vacation. Yeah, I'm going on vacation. I'm, 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 I'm done with the national team. Um, uh, David Sheon says, is it an own goal if he never touched the ball? I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, possibly. No, it's probably. A very, not. It's a philosophical question. It's a very philosophical question, David. Uh, Dan du- Dan Duck says, can Birnbaum scout catch a break? The answer to that question is probably not. Um, I'm fully expecting him to be out, like, in headgear here soon, like the Esky-style headgear um, at some point. Uh, it's kind of confusing that he hasn't been out in that yet, considering his concussion issues. But um, And then, uh, re- and relatably, what's up with Pines? Um, I think getting fit- fitness. And why do they have uh, both have both have tree-based last, last names? Is Burnbaum tree-based? What am I missing? Yeah. Is know. are we dumb? Uh, maybe Dan has a, a really great knowledge about trees. Yeah. I've got to say, not a botany guy over here. <laughs> Couldn't really tell you. Uh, but if they if Burnbaum is some sort of tree, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a good. Maybe that's a good question. Maybe that's a good. If we ever get Donovan Pines in the podcast, I will be sure to ask him that question. I think that will be what I would do. Not anything else about his performance <laughs> or future. I will talk about how weird it is to yep. have a tree name. Yep. Uh, there are. Man, there are so many questions. Uh, at Tim Flesh, Fleisch uh, has asked the same question every couple times, and we continue to not have a good answer for him. Who could we target the summer transfer window, and what do we need? Uh, the people that we're going to target this window are going to be people that we don't know. Yeah, uh, almost ninety percent, unless they're in the league, and then we'll obviously know them or hopefully know them. I mean, um, I, I I can guess positionally, um, a guy to challenge Lucho, a guy to challenge, and, and possibly TT as well um, out there. Um, so while if it's Assad, it's probably trending more towards uh, challenging T uh, T Rodriguez. Um, if it's a if it's another type of attacking midfielder, then it's po- it's quite possibly uh, Lucho's replacement. Um, so those I mean those are the types of uh, player I think we're looking at. We need to look be looking attacking. They've done I think more than enough, and, and almost like with the wing back position, it's like it's still not great. But at this point, it's like we've done they've thrown everything that you they have too can. many bodies, to too many bodies that and that you're gonna have to sort through. So just you know what, just just forget it. We'll just deal with what we have um, with that one. So I mean, I, another, can, I go ahead, go ahead. No, I was gonna say another attacker that could play lone striker would be good. Yeah, it's clear. It's clear that uh, Ben does not rate uh, Ameriqua as a direct replacement. Um, aside from his one start that he got due to red card suspension for Rooney uh, and sort of very, very limited spot duty. So I would think uh, he does not have uh, enough faith there. So I think maybe maybe finding a player with some versatility, some positional versatility there would be good. Maybe some depth in defensive midfield. Right now your depth is Durkin, and then 
a big old chasm and then McCann, I guess. Yeah. I would I would like not necessarily a Jared Jeffrey, but something in that uh in that category of a player who you can throw in there and will will do exactly what you're hoping to do and, and nothing else. I think you can find those sort of loose parts around the uh, NMLS. I'm bleeping out Jared Jeffrey, by the way. Don't do it. <laughs> well, then you're going to have to bleep it out twice, Jared Jeffrey. <laughs> um, Benny Ballin to uh, 2010 says, is simply making the playoffs the goal in 2019? Um, it we, wasn't at the beginning of the year. It wasn't at the beginning of the year. Where are, are we? Have we changed our tune at all? No, no, we can't. I don't yeah. think you can, right? I, I think that that's that's shifting those goalposts are how you become perpetually mediocre. So I think that our goal of getting past the first round, did we say conference finals or did we just say just get past the first round? I think we just said get past the first round. Yeah, I mean, I think first round, win a playoff game, win a playoff game in a playoff series would be nice because we yep. haven't done that in a while. Yep. Um, and and I, I, I mean, at this point, you know, with kind of how wide open and, and how, you know, weird the whole eastern conferences um i think a conference final appearance is is pretty much the goal right now we all know this team has the capability to be to play well um and and the east is very much wide open and i think that they if they are clicking on all cylinders they can beat uh pretty much every team in this conference um they they certainly have a case for it so i don't think that's changed i think this team needs more more than just making the playoffs more much more than just making the playoffs I hold in my hand a a FanDuel sportsbook ticket for DC United plus nine hundred to win uh, MLS Cup. So uh, I, I'm still hoping for that. <laughs> I'm not quite as optimistic as I was when I bought this, but you know that's how it goes. Hey man, might happen. I, I bet last year, so I might, I'm going to figure out a way to bet again this year. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Bobby Raccoon says, uh, "What happened to the Tifos?" Um, yeah, that's the the I guess the. I'm not sure what the I kind of we kind of expected a little bit more I think from from the team. There's no storage on site. There's no there's no ability for them to store anything, and there's uh, there's challenges for them getting the stuff in ahead of time Fair. before the gates open. Uh, and there's no so normally what they would do is they would roll it up underneath the front of the stands when they were done with it. No place to put it. Um, there's there's no there's no space under there like there was before. So they really. It, the, the the setup makes it very 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 challenging to do something. They had the one they had the one team created TFO that caused uh, much consternation at the beginning of last year, and that was the last time we saw anything. Um, I think I know that they would love to do it. I, I know that they talk about it frequently. I just think that it's extremely challenging, and I don't think that it's a matter of just a change in policy. There's just physically it, it's not as easy as it, as it was before. I'd be very curious when maybe the, there's a lot of more redevelopment um, out in the area and they sort of build that up. If maybe, you know, DC has some space that they can uh, figure out a way to, to, to commandeer um, for stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of things I think with the stadium that they want to do. And it, it, for whatever reason, it just was not getting done. Um, you know, they want to put the, the, the sun blockers between the roof and stuff like that to, to block the sun so they can have a little more choice about when they host games. Um, you know, they, I know there's talk that they want to finish the roof on the on the north and south sides, which would be which would be really nice um, if they could get that um, started. Uh, you know, giving the stadium more of a more feeling than just you know a bunch of than a, a field and everything like that. Um, I, I personally have loved every experience at Audi Field, um, but there's certainly things I want to improve. And and this year has been a little bit of a letdown when it comes to to certain things. I think we all thought we're gonna we're gonna happen this year. I want to use my soapbox here as a chance to complain, wondering if my uh, wondering if my season ticket holder rep listens. Uh, we are looking at mid-season. We have passed the mid-season mark. It's June 6th. Uh, there has been no meet-the-team event uh, oh, wow. for season ticket holders. 
There has been there was no season ticket holder gift that came with the tickets. There were a number of the things discussed at the beginning of the year that would be included. There was talk about chalk talks. Chalk talks are now a thing you can buy with fam. They're not a season ticket holder benefit. Um, you know, I I think it's a fumble. I think that this is a fumble uh, in a lot of ways. I think that the first thing they had to break last year was the concept that you were going to get the same level of love and attention and affection that you were going to when you were at RFK, because then you were buying tickets to see an inferior product in an inferior venue. Uh, they don't value themselves that way anymore. So they are less inclined to bend over backwards to make the experience perfect for you. Their idea is, well, you have tickets, you're in a new stadium. You're welcome. Thanks for your money. Um, I think they really got to figure this part out. And I don't know if it's just because I have two tickets in the cheapest part of the stadium that I don't necessarily feel the love the same way. Um, I've never been a high roller for these tickets. I've never really gotten the best seats in the house. I've always sort of just gotten what I could get. Um, but I, I'm a little disappointed and I, I have, I've let my rep know that if any of you, any of you other uh, listeners are similarly situated as I am as season ticket holders feeling sort of gripey, um, Make sure uh, let me know. I, I think I want to maybe include sort of collect those thoughts uh, for for a show in the future, particularly as we're looking at a few weeks here of no games uh, for DC United to talk about outside from the Open Cup. Uh, it will be good to sort of look at not just where this team is at the midpoint, but how the experience for season ticket holders has been uh, in year two of Audi, Audi Field. Yep, I, I I would agree with pretty much every one of those things, but I'm not a season ticket holder, so you know, that, that doesn't really apply to me. It's my gripe. <laughs> yeah, my, my gripe my gripe is with the current being able to watch the team. That's um, a good gripe. Yeah, which, by the way, um, again, uh, so I was at the kickers game trying to pull up the game because the kickers were getting smacked by North Texas. Uh, not going well there. Uh, it's been kind of a downturn in the season for the for the Richmond kickers. Um, and I could not watch the D.C. game on ESPN Plus or Flow FC. They were saying I was blacked out. Um, so again, the geofencing is the one of the worst things I've ever had to experience. Uh, I literally, when I stand in an area, they, they promise this whole mobile experience thing. And when I'm standing in an area and I literally cannot watch, physically watch the game at all because all the, both streaming apps are not talking to each other. Um, or there's, there's, there's an issue with where ESPN thinks I am. And there's an issue with where flow sports thinks I am. Um, it continues to be frustrating. Um, and, and this, this whole geofencing thing has been, is not ready for prime time. Um, and it, whether it's on ESPN or flow sports or both, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, it's, it's been an absolute nightmare and it's been very frustrating. Um, you know, these are both pay services. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, take people's money. And then not have the technology to verify if they're eligible to watch your programming. It's not accessible. There's an easy solution, I think, for Flow Sports. Flow Sports should extend their geofence past what ESPN's blackout is and allow some people just happy. If you're in this area, you know, you just happen to be able to watch both. I think what they do is maybe they aren't sure where I am. So they're just blacking me out regardless. Like they're like, we can't quite tell where he is. Um, I think also maybe the lack of a. I think also because I'm having to use the browser because I have an Android device like everybody else. Still no Android app, by the way. And that's becoming increasingly frustrating. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not going away, folks. And I know everybody's like, oh, don't, they're going to go bankrupt. Why is DC? They're going to go bankrupt. Yeah, they just got seven, was it 70-some million dollars worth of funding? Um, Flow Sports ain't going away, folks. And I, I don't, I, I, I kind of was thinking just wrap the show before talking about this, but... God damn it! This this service just keeps finding its way into the 
into the news and everything, and it's awful. I think it. I think it's sort of like the the saying: it's better to let one guilty man go for a, a thousand guilty men go free than one innocent person in jail. It's better to have a few people be able to watch on ESPN Plus that they shouldn't have than to block any people that should not be blocked out that are paying customers. Just extend the fence so that whoops, some people get to watch ESPN Plus that shouldn't have gotten to. That's okay. That's better than having people in the middle of DC that can't watch this, the 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 service they're paying for. And, Fix it. And and if anything, you know, I'm I'm paying for the service because I could access it, and I, I pay for the service because I like to watch the home broadcast. I love watching Dave Johnson call games. He's still one of the best local commentators in soccer, and to me, is a huge draw. Um, it's it's yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, 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 I hope the seventy million, even though it probably is the seventy million, isn't just going to go towards acquiring more rights. It will. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will. They're gonna. They're gonna hire one more contractor uh, from a from a you know the, the problem they had last game with the thing dropping out. They'll probably buy a little bit more guaranteed uptime from those partners to make sure they don't have uh, footage drop, which is good. They should do that anyway. Uh, but don't imagine that all of a sudden we're gonna get more team coverage or we're going to have the Rooney show that they promised or we're going to have an actual coaches show like they promised. None of that stuff's coming. Just give me a damn Android app for God's yeah. sake. This is the thing they said they were doing in the beginning. It's June. Yeah. We are halfway through the season. They had promised at the beginning of the year they would have Android app support and they don't. And that, that is the, that is just the two thirds of all like Android controls like 70% of the market. You know, most people don't have iPhones because they're expensive and they're getting expensive, especially when they sell you a thousand dollar monitor stand, Um, you know, so most people have Androids. And the fact they don't have an Android app is is that that's becoming the most baffling part of all of this. Like get get your Android app together. Um, So anyway. All right. Ran over. Imagine how bad it's going to look when they do get it out. Oh, I'm sure it's gonna be awful. I've developed. I've developed. I've developed Android app. (laughs) Well, see, I've developed with Android, um, and Android developing with Android and Android Studio is uh, not a fun experience. Let's just say that, Um, and in trying to 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 work with bugs and everything like that. So, um, yeah, not fun. Not fun. It's still. I don't know if they'll use Kotlin or Java to develop it. Who knows? But. um. (laughs) You've uh, this is the IT section of our podcast programming with Ted. Yes. All right. Um, anything else we want to bring up? No. Thanks for all of your yeah. uh, Twitter comments here. This is all good stuff. Uh, you're going to need to really carry the weight here uh, in the in the interim here. We're going to have an Open Cup game to talk about next week. But after that, uh, unless they win, and then I think there's another game the following week, so that will fill up our time. Uh, but if they don't, which is possible because it's the union and it's not, they're not, we're not playing – uh, you know, a third division team that we are hoping to definitely beat. This we could lose. It could be another first round out. We've done it before. Well, I mean, so. it's it's going to be Loudon United versus Bethlehem Steel. Let's be serious about this. Like, oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I I, I, I would expect they're going to be guys. Maybe you're trying to build fitness, but it's going to be mostly a lot of Loudon United guys. I don't think you're going to see Acosta, TT, Rooney. None of those guys are going to be out there. Maybe Canals. Maybe Moreno. Durkin's with the U20s. He's not going to be there, and that's. I mean, if they if they had not made it out of the group stage, he might he probably would have gotten thrown into that into this game. Um, but the fact that he's still with the U twenties, uh, I don't think you'll see him uh, for this game, um, even if they're eliminated against Ecuador on Saturday. So uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be it is going to be 
Loudon United with maybe a splash of a few DC players uh, versus Bethlehem Steel with maybe a splash of Union players. Maybe a little bit more because they seem to take this tournament um, pretty seriously. So, um, And I'm looking for some revenge after they thumped uh, the kickers 5 nothing last season. So uh, I want to see that. But, uh, yeah, I guess with that, uh, Twitter.com slash RFQ Refugees, Patreon.com slash RFQ Refugees, uh, Facebook.com, uh, search the RFQ Refugees podcast. Uh, thank you all so, so much for listening. Um, you guys have been awesome. Um, and uh, we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. I've always done the best I can.